Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hacka Becca Show with your host, Becca. And in today's episode, we're talking the language of AmeriCorps, aka the lingo. AmeriCorps, just like every other government program, has their use of acronyms and lingo that they just love to use. So we're going to dive a little bit into that today. And a lot of the things that use an acronym are the positions, aka the team roles um, that you may hold when you are in the program. So I'm going to dive into those team roles and then the acronyms, what they mean. And also I will note AmeriCorps loves to say Amera everything. So it'll be Amera flexible, Amera love, Amera bubble, Amera everything, right? I'm also going to dive into that a little bit too. So let's go ahead and jump right into today's episode. One of the most biggest acronyms that you're going to hear a lot is the UL. So a UL is a unit leader. And as I kind of discussed in the last episode, um, the unit leader oversees the team leaders in their unit. So for example, I was in fire four, my unit leader oversaw fire unit team leaders. So teams one, two, three, and four, they're the team leaders were overseen by the unit leader. So fire unit leader, a UL as a unit leader. A team leader is referred to as a TL. So makes sense, right? And the team leader oversees all of the core members. So they're responsible for eight to 12 people on their team. It really just depends on the team size. And that position they get paid more because they have more administrative work to do, and they're literally your supervisor. So they're overseeing the members of their team in the program. And they also do the same work as the core members, but they, if they need to step away for administrative reasons, phone calls, that kind of thing, they're able to do that. But they still do the same work as the core members. So um, they also wear... That's something to note. They also wear a green shirt as opposed to a gray shirt. So their uniform is slightly different in the fact that their uniform items are green. So it's just a way for them to kind of stand out. So core members, aka people who are in the program, they are referred to as CMs. So for example, I was a CM. I'm a core member. I wear a gray shirt when I go to work every day and you make up the core, basically. And you, each core member in their team holds the team role. So that's what we're going to dive into a little bit right now. The assistant team leader, aka ATL, is um, basically they help with administrative duties when the team leader is off, taking some time off, because you do get five days off every, um, for the program, basically you get five days off. So team leaders included, they get their time off. They're entitled to it. Core members as well. You're entitled to it. So when the team leader is absent, the ATL is a core member who steps up and performs some of the administrative duties, such as supervising and overseeing the team, helping with, um, distributing work depending on the project site and that sort of thing. 
and they're also in charge of communicating any issues that come up to the unit leader. So, for example, I was ATL and I had an incident happen where something broke on our housing and I needed to report it. So I had to report it to our unit leader and I wrote a professional email or actually it was a text. I wrote her a professional text and I said, hi, this is something that happened. What do I need to do from there? Is there any paperwork that I need to fill out? How do we go about this? And she was super quick to respond, super gracious to me and just kind of helped me out in that sense. So um, that's one of the roles is ATL. Another role is a VST which stands for Vehicle Safety and Tools. So um, this person or people, they do the monthly motor stables, which means they check the lights, the fluids, just make sure the vehicle's running smoothly every month, as well as before we depart somewhere. And um, yeah, so just basically make sure that the vehicle's running safely. And also if the job site requires it, they're in charge of tools, managing the tools, making sure everyone's being safe with the tools. And also on the job site, they try to really help people be safety conscious. Um, but I will say a disclaimer with all of these roles, actually, is it's really up to the individual and the team how they want to use these roles. So for example, some people who have a VST, they just do the motor stables because it's the paperwork that needs to get done and then that's it they call it a day they don't have to worry about it so they're really only focused on their role like once a month so it just really depends on how you take ownership of your role that you're you're doing another acronym is the crr which stands for community relations representative and these people what they do is basically run the social media for the team. So they take team pictures, they do the end of the round video, and they're in charge of recruitment. So it's re- it's a requirement to have two recruitment events every round. So for example, um, our team, they did a recruitment event at a local college. And um Because I was ATL, one of the CRRs was not able to make it as well as my team leader was not able to make it. So I was um, chosen to attend the event and you basically just set up your booth and recruit, trying to get people into the program, let them know what AmeriCorps is, how to sign up, all of that. So um, it is a lot of work. That's why there's usually two people, at least two people, I will say who are the CRR position, the person on campus who is in charge of social media, they had a lot of requirements and they were very particular about how they wanted things to be done. And so the CRRs were in constant communication with this person on campus, um, just trying to make sure that the pictures were the right size and that they were capturing moments that they needed to capture. It's a whole thing. So that's why there's usually two people, just because there's so much that goes into these positions. And the next position is the SLI, which is a service learning initiator. 
So they are responsible for finding events and things to do in the area that relate to the project or the area itself. So for example, we were in Little Rock, Arkansas, and one of the events we went to was um, to a museum. It was an opening night at the museum. It was a local museum, and we were able to see a little bit of the history and the culture of the area that we were in, which was really fascinating. So um, it just kind of helps expand a little bit more about, okay, what are you doing with your project, as well as what are you doing for that community. So it just kind of helps you dig a little bit deeper into where you're at and what you're doing. The next team role that I have is the physical trainer or PT coordinator. And this person um, is in charge of basically planning out the physical training for that week. So as a core member, you are required to do three times a week physical training. So basically three hours a week has to be some form of physical activity. At first, when I was signing up for the program, I was a little nervous because I really thought they were going to make us do like running five miles a day, push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, like all these crazy things, like kind of military-ish. And um, getting in the program though, I realized they're not super strict on that. It's a little more flexible. So they really try to make sure that you are physically able to do the projects that you need to do, but you can also take a little chill pill. So for example, we were um, in Arkansas again, and we were doing a lot of trail building. So we were super exhausted because that was very difficult, physically demanding work. And what we would do is we would come home and we do yoga. So that would be one of our PTs was doing yoga, stretching out a little bit. So it was a little more relaxed that round just because we had such a strenuous work day and we wanted to relax a little bit. But PT coordinator, again, like the other positions, you do what you will with it. If you really want to have a super active team, you could be super encouraging, trying to meet people at their goals and see what's going on. You know, you just really make the position your own. Um, but one thing to note that I don't think was shared super well, um, but I'm going to say it now. So if you become a PT coordinator in the future in AmeriCorps, you can actually take some of the equipment from campus with you out on the rounds. So, um, one thing that um, I was like shocked about was that we can take this stuff from campus instead of having to go and like figure out, oh, we can't play soccer because we don't have a ball. No, take it from campus. That was something that we learned way late in the game. So I want to let everybody know now, if you become a PT cord, try to ask people on campus if you can take the equipment. I don't know if this goes for every campus, but at least our campus, they said yes. Um, so we knew for future use, if we wanted to take something from campus, we could. Okay, this next one is called an ISP coordinator, ISP, which stands for Independent Service Project. So part of the AmeriCorps requirements is everyone needs to get 80 hours of independent service projects. So basically you do 80 hours of extra volunteer work on top of the work that you're doing already. And it cannot be with the same organization that you're working with. So for example, if you're working at a food bank in El Paso, you can't 
do your extra community service on the weekends at the food bank in El Paso. It has to be a completely different organization. And the purpose of it is to kind of expand your volunteer opportunities and get to know the area that you're in by serving different nonprofit organizations in that area, as opposed to the ones that you're just working with. Um, So in theory, it's a great requirement, but at the same time, it's very difficult to actually execute. We are constantly working. It feels like we're constantly working in AmeriCorps. So you eat, sleep, breathe AmeriCorps. Everything is AmeriCorps focused on top of your weekends when you have to do independent service projects um, and complete your ISP hours. It, it can be a lot. 80 hours doesn't seem like a lot because you have all 10 months to finish it, but it comes up really quick. So fortunately, we had a few sponsors who already knew that we needed these requirements and they helped us out. And we were able to schedule in our time with them um, some ISP opportunities. So that was really great. But my team, we kind of hit a wall about halfway through where we were just not finding any opportunities because there is a big issue that I had um, was finding places that allow you to volunteer without having to sign any paperwork. So I'm going to go into the weeds a little bit, just hang tight. But there is a requirement that says core members are not allowed to sign documentation or contracts or anything like that for other organizations while you were in the program. So if I wanted to go somewhere and volunteer and they said, okay, that's fine, but then sign this paperwork, I could not sign that paperwork. It's something, it's a whole thing in itself. Um, But basically that just kind of makes it a little more difficult because a lot of organizations require you to sign paperwork nowadays because everyone's afraid, you know, someone's going to get sued or whatever. So it does make it a little more challenging to find places that don't require that or don't, um, you don't need to do it. So it just takes a lot more searching and looking up. But the ISP coordinator, so the person who holds this team role position, they basically help everybody get their hours. So um, they really just, they do a lot of the paperwork, for example, and they um, will, you have to get it approved. So they'll write the opportunities for people, send it to the team leader who sends it to the unit leader to get it approved. And then you can do that opportunity. So that was also another hurdle that we had to come combat, I guess you can say, is getting things um, approved in time to do them. So sometimes we'd find an opportunity. You can't just wake up on a Saturday and go find an opportunity. You had to get the documentation signed and approved ahead of time before going to that event. So it was a whole thing very complicated. But fortunately, if you know teams that went to an area um, previously, whether working for that sponsor that you're going to be working with or another sponsor, um, sometimes they have opportunities. So that happened with us in Houston. There was a team that was in Houston right before we were there. And they said, okay, you know what, you should go to XYZ place and um, work at this garden that they have. 
you can do your ISP hours there. So that was really cool. Um, you really have to collaborate with other teams just to kind of get this done because everybody's required to do it. It's kind of a pain in the pain in the butt, but um, you know, you all just help each other out, get through it. And one thing that's fortunate for the team leaders is they do not have to do the ISP hours. So team leaders are not held to that 80 hour requirement. They don't have to do any, but sometimes, most of the times, a lot of team leaders will go with their teams to these events um, just to kind of show that team spirit, team camaraderie. Um, But yeah, luckily they don't have to do it. So if you're a team leader or you want to be a team leader, you don't have to do the 80 hours of um, ISP work, which is nice. This next position, not really an acronym. We just called them food cord, aka food coordinator. Um, this team role, however, I will do a whole another episode on it just because it's so intensive. But um, basically that team role um, or that yeah team role position is responsible for cooking schedules, grocery budget, finding food options while traveling, making sure it fits everybody's dietary restrictions, all of that. Again, I'm not going to dive too deep into it now because I will do a whole episode about it later. Um, The next team role is the team builder. So um, this person is in charge of finding fun things to do for the team to help bond, create connections, all of that. So it can be Um, going for a walk somewhere. It can be just going to a fun concert that's free in the park, all of those things. It can just be something fun. So it's really easy peasy, um, just kind of helps get the team together. And you can also do fun things for free in the house as well, like, oh, a game night for everybody, movie night, that kind of thing. And you do get out an hour for these team building activities. So that's kind of cool to help get your hours. Um, the next role that I'm going to talk about is the housing coordinator. So this person is in charge of the cleaning schedules and working with the housing sponsors if issues arise. Now the team leader typically handles that with the sponsor, but sometimes they allow the housing coordinator to, um, connect with the sponsor or at least encourage team members to talk to the housing coordinator instead of, you know, seven people coming to the team leader about an issue, they go to the housing coordinator, the housing coordinator talks to the team leader, team leader can talk to the sponsor. So it's just kind of a little bit more of a hierarchy, Um, just kind of helps keep things a little more organized and all of that. Um, So I will say there is a requirement for core members and team leaders as well. Um, You have to meet a certain hour threshold for the year. So you have to get 1,700 hours in order to graduate. Now that can seem like a lot, but it goes by pretty quickly. You're working a 40 hour work week, um, but you also are doing things with these team roles. So anytime you work your team role, you're, you're trying to do something for your team role, that sort of thing, you will get hours for it. So that's kind of nice. One thing, though, is certain team roles get more hours than others, depending on how much it's used. So, for example, team builders, you know, if you as a team only really do like one team building activity per round, you won't get that many hours as a team builder. 
But what's cool is a lot of teams, you have to double up on the team roles. So somebody who's a team builder may also be the PT coordinator, which, you know, that's guaranteed to get an hour to plan out all of the PT for the week. So it just really depends. But a lot of these roles, some require more hours than others. It just depends on the team and all of that. And one of the last team roles that I want to talk about, it's also an acronym, is LAA, which stands for Life After AmeriCorps. So this refers to you get two LAA days, which means you have two days um, that you can take off to handle activities in order to help you with life after AmeriCorps. So this can be looking up apartments or applying for jobs, that kind of thing. And then as LAA liaison, which is a position that I had, um, I basically just help team members figure out what they want to do after AmeriCorps and help apply for jobs, look for colleges, that sort of thing. So that was life after AmeriCorps liaison. Okay, so one word that I want to talk about for AmeriCorps is spike. So when you go out on your round, it's called spike. So um, spike and round are kind of intermittent. There's three rounds per, I'm sorry, there's at least three rounds um, per service year. And when you are on your way to the next round, you say, okay, I'm going out to spike, right? So spike is used as the, I'm putting this in quotes, mission (laughs) or the duty. Um, But one thing that is referred to is spike housing. So that basically means the housing that you have during that project is called spike housing. So project, spike, round, all those words are kind of interchangeable, but Um, For the purposes of AmeriCorps, they like to use Spike. And now I want to talk a little bit about um, the Amera everything. So one thing that they say is Amera love, and that's when you find love while in AmeriCorps. That can be with a teammate or, you know, out in the wild, you know, you go and visit somewhere, you meet somebody. Some people do online dating in the area that they're at. Um, that's a thing. So anytime that you find somebody, um, to date, you call it a mare love. Now, one rule that is super, super big is green shirts cannot date gray shirts, AKA team leaders can't date core members. That's just a no, no. Even if it's not on your team, it's just not a thing because they're your supervisor. So that gets really messy and all that. One thing also is Um, You can't date people, you can't date your sponsor. So if, you know, you have a sponsor at a project, you cannot date them. The one thing that they say is to get their number and then be like, okay, I'll text you when I'm out of the program and then we can talk. The reason is because they have these relations with these sponsors and they don't want personal business messing up a relationship with AmeriCorps. They just don't want AmeriCorps to look bad towards these sponsors. It's it's not a huge deal, but um, yeah, so that's Amera Love. And then um, Amera Bubble. 
So they'll say that you can sometimes feel like you're stuck in a mirror bubble. And what that means is your whole world is all about AmeriCorps. You eat, sleep, breathe, work, everything is AmeriCorps. And nobody else is really going to understand that, um, you know, on the outside world, aka not in AmeriCorps. Um, you know, when you talk to your friends and family back home, they're not really going to understand, you know, all this lingo or what you're going through, what your requirements are. You can tell them, but it's kind of still hard for them to understand um, when, you know, you, you're you in this Amera world, Amera bubble, right? Um, last one that I'm going to talk about is Ameriflex. So this is just being flexible with others and being flexible with yourself. They call it being Ameriflexible. So um, things change pretty regularly and you have to kind of just stay flexible. You have to be ready. You have to just go with the flow. Um, That's what Ameriflex is. And having Ameriflex is super, super important. I remember we were supposed to go to one project and it was switched about two weeks before we were going to deploy out. And we were kind of like scared because we didn't know what the next project was going to be. So we're just kind of sitting there waiting for the next project and we had to remain flexible. Luckily, um, it was a really fun project for me, but I know there was other people who were looking forward to the project that got canceled, but that's just part of the way it goes. That's how AmeriCorps is. You have to just kind of go with it, go with the flow and stay AmeriFlexible. So that's pretty much all that I have for us today as far as the language of AmeriCorps. Um, If there's something I missed, I'll try to update it in a future episode. And if you have any questions about anything, please, please, please fill out the Google form, send me an email, let me know what's up, and I'll try to answer your questions. Um, It's a lot of information, I know. So save this episode play it bit by bit if you need to kind of just soak it in but thank you all so much for tuning in I super appreciate you as always and I will catch you in my next episode take care